A disciple wanted to do what the teacher did, wanted to be like the teacher, walk like the teacher, talk like the teacher. A disciple devoted his entire life to being just like the rabbi. It's all about the water in this uh, reading, really picking up uh, from last Sunday, uh, really the prior two Sundays as uh, uh, Amy set the table and then followed by Pastor Natalia. Uh, we're in and around the lake. Um, the Sea of Galilee is the way most of us know it, but it has other names in the Bible, Lake Knesseret. Uh, I looked it up this morning because I've been there, been blessed to be there. I turned uh, 30 uh, years old the day I, uh, I was floating around on the Sea of Galilee, and uh, it occurred to me that I think we probably have larger lakes than this in Minnesota. So I looked it up this morning, and in fact, the Sea of Galilee is just a third of the size of Lake Mille Lacs. So there you go. It's a big body of water, but it's uh, not something that we in these parts are unaccustomed to. Uh, and you know, I have my notes here to get started, but we're just reading from the scripture again this, mor uh, this morning, just a moment ago. A number of things jump out at me. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. This is right after um, he had fed the many thousands. And, um, it's, it's, and there's a lot in here about being afraid, huh? about being anxious. And so many people can resonate with these emotions after Jesus dismissed the crowd, he went up to pray, and the disciples were in the boat, and it's battered by, by waves. And all the time, it's about fear and about the presence of Christ. So Jesus, after having fed the, the people, he disperses the crowds, we're told. And just that right there, I get kind of stuck on that. Like, what did that look like? How the, many thousands of people are there? How does... And they're there drawn by Jesus and his proclamation. And there's just been this massive collective miracle of loaves and fishes being um, more than everybody could eat and 12 baskets left over. And, all, and then Jesus says, okay, you can all go now, head back home. How does anybody leave? Uh, how do you do that? What did he say? How did he disperse the crowds? We uh, can only kind of imagine but that's what Jesus did. He dispersed the crowds. He tells the disciples, you get in the boat, you're going to the other side of the lake. Uh, not a small lake, 13 miles across, the long way. And, uh, and they go out, and Jesus goes up a mountain to pray. So Jesus is praying. The disciples are paddling. And it doesn't take long for them to run just headlong into one of those sudden storms that can whip up around large bodies of water, and the wind's blowing against them. They're fighting it, and they struggle all night against this storm. They're paddling as hard as, as they can. You can't get broadsided by a wave in a, what would have been a smallish fishing vessel. Uh, and so they're fighting hard to keep the, the bow into the wind, fighting all night long to try and get to the other side. And by four in the morning, they are cold and they're wet and they're exhausted and their hands are bleeding with blisters and they're just terrified for their lives. It, it started to look like they're never going to make it to the far side. And theirs would not be the first boat to embark on a journey across those waters that was never 
heard from again. It happens all the time. Uh, Many boats and many sailors had met their fate in the chaotic waters. By four in the morning, they've had all they can take. They're wearied, they're battered, they're seasick from from the rough waves. And it looks like it's the end. And then just then, one of them looks up and sees some misty figure coming through the darkness across the waves as if the storm wasn't scary enough. Now they're all terrified and they think maybe they're seeing some kind of ghost walking on the whitecaps. And sensing their fear, Matthew tells us that Jesus didn't wait. He immediately said, don't be afraid, it's me. He identifies himself. So Peter speaks up, and in this favorite, you know, this favorite reading in the scriptures of Sunday schoolers for, for generations, some of us remember the felt boards and, and sticking Jesus there on the rough waters where he stayed just fine. But Peter speaks up and says, Lord, if it's really you, then, and this word jumped out at me now in a way I hadn't before. Peter, he doesn't say, hey, um, suggest or, or um, allow. Peter says, command me to walk on the water to you. Make me do it. Demand that I do it. Command that I do it. And I, it could just be me, but this request has always seemed entirely strange to me. I would have expected Peter uh, to have said, Lord, if it's you, please stop the storm. We're dying out here. We're not going to make it. Calm the storm. Save us, Jesus. But that's not what Peter asks for. I mean, Jesus had already done that. Remember that earlier story in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is in the boat with them this time when the storm whips up and, and they're again, they're fighting the winds and they're afraid they're going to die and Jesus is asleep back in the rear of the boat. And they wake him up and Jesus finally says, peace, be still, and calms the storms. They know he can do it. This has to be what Peter asks for the moment he is in the presence of Christ out there in that storm. Well, last time Jesus said, peace be still, and you couldn't even hear a bird chirp. Nothing but silence and calm came over creation. Just a few days ago, Lori and I were in a canoe on a slim lake. It's a perimeter lake it's in the boundary waters. It was one of those magical days with a nice, cool breeze, but sun shining, cumulus clouds, and just us, for the most part, paddling. And every once in a while, we'd say to each other, just stop, be quiet, and just listen to that kind of silence. No structure anywhere, no cabins, no motors on the lake, no planes flying overhead. Just peace. Peace. Be still. Jesus had said, and there was silence. Well, Here they've been trying to steer a course into the headwinds all night long. They're tired, they're cold, they're wet. And I would think that Peter would have said, Jesus, if it's really you, make this storm stop, but he does not. Or since they've just witnessed this incredible miracle of the feeding of the thousands with with food left over, then maybe Peter could have said, you know, if the 
they're, they're questioning if whether or not this is Jesus. I mean, Jesus' first inclination is to identify himself. So if we're going to, if this is the question we want answered, whether or not this is truly Jesus, and Peter could have said something like, all right, if it's you, Lord, what did we have for supper last night? I mean, you know, fish and bread. I had a lot of that myself the past couple of weeks. But that's not what he asks. Instead, he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to walk on the water to you. And I just know that request would have never crossed my mind. When you're being tossed about by the storms, the boat's like a bobber on the waves, the last thing I would have thought to ask was to get out of the boat. Why would this be the thing that Peter would ask of Jesus? What might we learn from it? To understand Peter's request, we, we, we need to understand a little bit about the background of, of, of Jesus' world, the, um, the idea of being a disciple, of a teacher, of a rabbi, which Peter was. He was a disciple, huh? He was a disciple of Jesus. I think when we hear the word disciple, we, we often or generally equate it with kind of a student, right? A disciple is someone who sits at the feet of the, of the rabbi and, and learns the wisdom of that, of that person. And that's certainly part of it, but it's more than that. A disciple wanted to do what the teacher did, wanted to be like the teacher, walk like the teacher, talk like the teacher. A disciple devoted his entire life to being just like the rabbi. So Peter is just being a good disciple when he asks Jesus to command him to walk on the water as Jesus is doing. He wants to do what his rabbi is doing. He wants to be like Jesus walking on the waves. I think it's important to notice that Peter doesn't just hop out of the boat and give it a try uh, and just start walking on the water. He, he's smart enough to know that if he's going to do something as impossible as walking on stormy waters, then it's only going to be able to happen if Jesus calls him to do it. And if Jesus calls him, then it's understood that Jesus will make the impossible possible. Peter knows that if he just hops out on his own initiative, he's going to sink to the bottom. But if Jesus calls him out of the boat to walk on the water, it will be as though he were walking on solid ground. So Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk on the waters to you. And Jesus says, come. He could have said, are you out of your mind, Peter? Do you know who I am? Who I am, you are not. No, he doesn't say that. Come, Jesus says. And it's not the first time that Jesus has called his disciples to do something impossible. Uh, he's already called his disciples to turn the other cheek if somebody should happen to walk up and clock them in the face. He's already called his disciples to love their enemies and pray for those who persecute them. Just let your mind quickly run over who that might be for you. 
possible? Jesus has already called his disciples to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons. He's already called his disciples to follow him wherever he goes, even to the cross. So it shouldn't come as a surprise when he tells Peter to come. Do the impossible. Walk on the water to me. Walk with me. I wonder what feels impossible to you right now. Where do you see God at work in this pandemic stricken, racially divisive world. As the storm rages, where might we be called to God's side? Remember, it's never about us being good enough. It's not ever about that. Peter had his life-changing moment out on the water, but when the wind blows and he notices what he's doing, white caps are breaking over his legs and he, and he loses his nerve and he starts to sink like his name, Petra. He fears, he cries out, Lord, save me! And Jesus does. Jesus always does. Jesus reaches out and catches Peter and pulls him safely into the boat and the Storm goes quiet, and there is peace. Maybe Peter didn't just doubt Jesus. Maybe he doubted himself. He was just an ordinary person, but Jesus was calling him to do something extraordinary, extraordinary. I know more than a few of us feel like we're in way over our heads right now. Remember, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. A rabbi chooses you because the rabbi believes you have what it takes. We talk a lot about our faith in the church, and we should. But I think we need to be reminded now and then that Jesus has faith in us. Oh, he told Peter, you are Petrus, and on Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. There are many times throughout the Bible where people are invited to walk with God. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus who don't realize they're, they're literally in the physical presence of Christ. The liberating walk Moses took with the Israelites through the Red Sea which was followed by the 40-year walk and wandering through the wilderness, all the while being sustained by God. Joshua's triumphant walk around Jericho and this, this short but profound stroll on the rough seas that Peter took when he answered the call and stepped out of the boat that stormy night. It's one of the most unforgettable walks with God. It is a picture of doing with God's help what we could not do on our own. I think that the church is on one of these walks right now.
into the unknown, we go. Never alone. Because we are chosen and called forward into God's promised future. We walk. And Christ promises to walk with us. And today, as every day, this grace is sufficient. Amen. Jesus, save us, they prayed. And Jesus did. Jesus always does. It's never about how good we are, how capable we are, how strong our faith may be. It is about a Lord who promises to be with us, a Lord who calls us into the world uh, to do things that on our own would be entirely impossible. This community of faith, Prince of Peace, is doing that all of the time. What a blessing it was for me during these last two Sundays uh, to join in worship from afar. And both times I was in my little fishing boat uh, listening to the service and, and being blessed by the faithful good news that goes out from this place, uh, no matter how it must happen safely, especially for those most vulnerable among us. So I am deeply grateful as we negotiate our way through these stormy seas uh, to be in the boat with you. You know that uh, sanctuaries, naves, are really uh, um, traditionally built to, to uh, mimic, to sort of uh, remind us of shipbuilding, of the construction of a ship with the high ceilings, a kind of a, a turned upside down boat, if you will. We are uh, metaphorically all together in this same boat. And sometimes it feels like we're pushing against insurmountable headwinds. Uh, but the promise is that the Lord is the one calling us forward. Uh, Jesus could have said to his disciples, just let's hang tight. Yeah, I'm going to go up the mountain and pray. You guys stay here on shore. We can see uh, that the weather's changing. But Jesus uh, always is telling the church, push forward. Uh, go forward. And though there are dangers and unforeseen futures, this we can know, uh, even in the hardest of times, the saddest of times. Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Jesus, if it's you, command me to come out of this boat. And Jesus said, come. And when the moment came, he reached out and grabbed Peter and pulled him up and told that sinking sailor, you are Petrus, you are the rock. And while this rock was sinking a moment ago, it is also the rock on which I will build my church. So there you are out there, faithfully uh, gathered as God's church, uh, though we are separate one from another. And this particular church, Prince of Peace, will make our decisions with faithfulness and the knowledge that Christ walks with us, calling us into a future of promise and hope. So thanks for worshiping with us today. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.